Welcome to Communication Experiences. My name is Tyler. My major is Organizational Professional Communications. Hi, I'm Micah, and I'm also an Organizational Professional Communications major. Uh, my name is Matt, and I too am an Organizational and Professional Communications major. Um, our topic for this podcast is anxiety uncertainty, or and uncertainty. Um, we pulled this term from chapter two of the textbook, and it gives no, like, real strong concrete definition of what anxiety and uncertainty is. We all know the feeling of anxiety um, and uncertainty just being unsure of what to say when you're around someone or unsure how to act. Um, so the textbook says you might feel this way when you're around, uh, when you're interacting with someone who looks, acts, or um, uh, speaks differently from you. Um, so an example of this for instance, in the times we're experiencing now uh, with COVID and having to go on to online communication um, could be just having to do things like use video calls. Um, so for instance, when you enter a classroom and you're in a room full of people who don't have videos on, um, just questioning like, should I turn my video on or do I leave my mic muted? Um, something like that is an example of like uncertainty and some anxiety based around the uh, scenario you're in. Um, so Micah is going to share a story um, that relates more to our topic and then we can talk about. I want to throw in something real quick before, before Micah starts off. And another thing about the whole Zoom meetings with classrooms is, you know, you might be very anxious about asking a professor a question on Zoom when you have so many people in the classroom and, you know, you don't even know these people. You're not familiar with anybody in there. So that would obviously make you very anxious. You don't know whether you can ask this question or how to come across to ask the question. You, know, you may, it just might affect you a little mentally, but I'm gonna turn it over to Micah now. Thanks guys. So kind of like what Matt was saying, the past year has definitely been completely crazy for everyone. And it was even crazier adjusting back to what people would consider a normal life once everything started up. People were allowed to go out and everything was all of a sudden accessible again. So I'm a waitress in a restaurant. And I remember one of the first time, one of the first days that we opened the doors back up and were allowing people to come in and actually sit down and, you know, share a meal. I was waiting tables and this was probably around the middle of May. And I walked up to greet this table and they were talking to the hostess about how they didn't want to sit with me because I was Asian. A lot of people who know anything about the coronavirus knows that it originated in China and I'm actually Chinese, which granted most of the time, whenever people ask like, Oh, what's your ethnicity or what, you know, what type of Asian are you? They, they tend to group, you know, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, anything that they really can into one group. And that's not necessarily correct, but I remember sitting there definitely being shocked, com being completely shocked about like what was going on and how these people were perceiving me and how they, honestly just didn't didn't think that I was an okay person to be around that definitely made my anxiety completely shoot up and I was very uncertain with how to respond to that situation because I'd never been treated like that before and it was in front of a huge group setting and it made my anxiety my uncertainty completely completely shoot up because it was a new situation and it was definitely um a communication experience that I had never dealt with before so 
one question about that experience. Um, did it make you feel mm -hmm. like you were part of an out group after they said they didn't want to be served by you? Absolutely. I definitely felt like I was the odd one out. I definitely felt like because everyone, everyone who was sitting or for that matter, everyone who was like watching this happen around me, no one, no one knew what to do or for that matter, no one knew how to respond. But with that being said, it made me feel like I was just in this giant spotlight and everyone was staring at me and I didn't know how, what to do or what to say about it. So 100% yes. And um, did you, did you think that it was like justifiable, like the way that the, them doing that, given the circumstances? I think some people could see that as being justifiable. I, my personal, in my personal opinion, don't because, you know, people use rebel language in all sorts of different ways and that can be to either converge, which brings people to or converge, which and I think in that situation, there was more divergence going on. There was definitely more part between me and, and other people. And also left of communication residue like in, in my mind. So communication residue is defined as previous memories and conversation that shapes perception to the message that our brain receives. And even, even to this day, even though it's been months now since that happened, there's still a lot that like is left to be unknown. And it definitely left an impact on me because I'll still walk up to a table or I'll still be talking to someone about where I'm from or situations like that. And it's almost like I'm afraid to 100% be honest because I don't want the same thing to happen again. I don't want them to look at me a certain way. I don't want them to look at me with a weird look because, because I'm Asian or, you know, I don't want them to use the intercultural diversity that that comes from me or for that matter from anyone else who shares, who's, you know, also Asian to be present. And I don't want them to see me as, huh, you're not, you're not just, you know, like a normal person. They, I don't want them to group me as, you know, just an Asian or for that matter, coming from the same place that this horrible virus started from. Sorry about that, Micah. All right. And uh, to conclude this segment of our podcast, I'm going to talk about how transitioning from one culture to another affects uncertainty and anxiety. When we talk about uncertainty and anxiety, we realize it refers to how tolerant or intolerant you are of uncertainty. A person transitioning from one culture to another may experience uncertainty and anxiety. Also, something else that is known as culture shock. Now, you may ask, what is culture shock? Culture shock refers to the impact of moving from a familiar culture to one that is unfamiliar. Well, what does that have to do with uncertainty and anxiety? Well, during this transition, a person may be feeling a lot of excitement to be in a new place. They could also be very uncertain and anxious about many new things. Like what? Well, now you are going through phases of adjusting to a new environment, new ways of communicating, new food, new ways of dressing possibly, and last but not least, you're adjusting to not having the friends and family you once had so close. All of this can have a person overwhelmed with anxiety and can affect your everyday life. This can have you feeling confused and alone. The familiar that was you know, once familiar is now unfamiliar. You now feel like you are part of what is known as the out group. Over time, you will adjust accordingly and you will become more comfortable, but you will still feel uncertain and anxious about many things. This also affects your perception on things as well as how you interpret these new things. Perception is derived from our wants, needs, preferences, passions, dislikes, and personal experiences. During this transition, you may perceive things one way from your older, older culture versus your new one, which could also affect the five steps of the interpersonal perception process. And this concludes our segment of communication experiences, and we will see you guys in two weeks. 
لیوها هم بمونه فوده 